Welcome to Periop Talk, the perioperative-specific podcast where we discuss how to make surgery safer one podcast at a time. From Q&As with AORN guideline authors to interviews with OR nurses just like you, our goal is to always share practical information for you to take back to your OR. Welcome to Periop Talk Q&A, where we answer your questions about pre-op, post-op, and everything in between. Today, we have a special edition of this podcast. Uh, We are looking at the coronavirus, or better known as COVID-19. It's important to note that we're recording this podcast on March 13th, 2020. This is an ongoing and ever-changing situation around the world. Uh, We are joined today by Karen Decay. She is a perioperative practice specialist here at AORN, and she's also an infection preventionist. And we're sitting down with her to get her perspective on this and what you can do as a perioperative professional right now to start protecting yourself, your facility, your patients, um, and your friends and family as well. Thank you again for joining us today. Certainly, certainly. What's your background in infection prevention? So actually, I've been a nurse for over 30 years, and the majority of my career has been spent in the operating room and education. But the five years prior to coming to ARN, I was an infection preventionist at a large healthcare facility. Um, and there I developed, uh, was involved in developing management plans for both H1N1 and Ebola. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm certified in infection control as well as preoperative nursing, you know, two of my passions. Um, so we have gotten a lot of questions about um, COVID-19 and what people can be doing to prepare themselves, what people can be doing in their ORs. Um, one of the biggest ones we've gotten is questions about surgical masks. Some people are reporting shortages in their facility. What can they do? Well, I'm glad you asked that because the FDA just recently released a surgical mask and gown conservation strategy. Mm-hmm. And it is actually on um, our coronavirus toolkit, which is located at AORN.org. And basically, there's three strategy tiers. Conventional capacity, where the supply levels are adequate to provide patient care. Contingency capacity, where there's limited supplies that you may have to change some of your patient care, but it doesn't necessarily um, significantly impact the patient care or the healthcare provider safety. And then the third level, which is crisis or alternate, and this is when the surgical mask or gown demand exceeds the supplies. And in this document, the FDA outlines actions that may be taken for each tier. Okay, so... We've had some questions about people, you know, wondering if they should be using expired masks or reusing masks. What is the FDA saying on that? So again, depending on where your level of supply is in your facility, that's going to vary from facility to facility. And so that's why um, looking at these different tiers and seeing where your facility fits in. So in addition, perioperative uh, personnel need to be part of a crisis management or emerging pathogen team and be at that table to express their needs and concerns. Okay. How do you recommend, um, if somebody's not at the table already, how do you recommend them getting to the table? Um, speaking with their uh, OR manager or director um, and expressing their concerns, um, maybe even volunteering to be part of that team. Okay. I know you guys have gotten some calls on the nurse nurse consult line about people asking, do I have to wear a mask? Um, And I know you guys have some pretty, um, the guidelines have some pretty strong opinions around that. Right. So again, our sterile technique guideline does say that a mask should be worn for a sterile procedure. And again, that's to protect the healthcare worker as well as the patient um, so that we're not expelling um, from our, our nares and our um, oral pharyngeal area. Um, 
But again, we can't just make a general statement. Each facility is going to have to determine what kind of surgeries they're doing, what kind of patients they have, or is it an older mm -hmm. or immunocompromised um, population? So again, it's going to be individualized to that facility. Okay. Um, another question we've gotten a lot of is uh, gowns. So, you know, we've got some hospitals using disposable gowns and some hospitals using reusable gowns. Um, are there any guidelines around that? So yes, reusable gowns is definitely an option. And um, in our toolkit, we have some guidance on protective apparel selection and processing. Additionally, the March uh, ARN Journal has an article um, in regards to reusable and disposable surgical gown systems. What is important for nurses in their facilities to do right now that can perfect, uh, protect them going forward? What we would suggest is that you review the interim guidance for infection prevention on the CDC website. Additionally, practice that donning and doffing or putting on and taking off of the recommended PPE for COVID-19. Um, and the other thing that we would suggest is that, um, again, on our toolkit, toolkit on the website, we have some guidance from ASA as well as the Anesthesia Patient Safety Foundation about managing patients with known or suspected COVID infections. All right. Um, and that, that PPE part is something that it, it needs to be practiced, right? Right. And, you know, again, in the OR where you don't see probably as many isolation or transmission-based precautions as you do out, you know, say on a medical surgical floor. And so that, again, that's why it's so important that we practice and re-familiarize ourselves with donning and doffing. So if you have a patient with COVID and they're in your operating room, what what do you do? What are what are precautions that you can be taking? Is there do you change everything you're doing, or is it business as usual? So uh, what you would do again is follow that guidance from the CDC in regards to um, contact, um, wearing eye protection, um, droplet or airborne precautions, depending on whether or not aerosolization procedures are going to be done, such as intubation and extubation. Okay. Um, you want to make sure you thoroughly clean um, with the EPA-registered disinfectant. So basically following guidelines is normal for anything that we're normally doing in the OR. In addition to that um, specific PPE, you're still going to do the procedure, but, but additionally, you're wearing this protective equipment because normally like the circulator doesn't wear a gown and gloves mask and eye protection for every procedure gotcha okay so there are these additional precautions as outlined per cdc so this is a high stress situation for a lot of people <laughs> yes. um both in and out of the or i'm sure for patients for families for anybody from the administrators down to you know an or circulating nurse what kind of recommendations do you have for people to take care of themselves both mentally and physically during this time? Well, the first thing we would recommend is that to protect themselves um, by avoiding close contact with people who are sick or if they're sick, staying home. Avoid touching their eyes, nose, or mouth. Washing their hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, um, especially after they've gone to the bathroom, before eating, or after blowing their nose, coughing, or sneezing. They want to cover their cough or sneeze with a tissue. And then they need to clean and disinfect frequently touch objects and surface, and especially like in the OR lounge or the OR front desk, this would be important. 
Next, I think it's important that they limit their time um, in reading on social media as well as television. I know the other night I finally had to just shut off the TV because I just <laughs> kept listening and listening. And, um, you know, again, there's just an, an overabundance of information. Um, and again, that's why you need to get it from credible resources, such as the CDC, FDA, WHO, APEC is another organization. And then again, we want to talk to each other. We want to share our feelings. Um, as you mentioned, this is a stre stressful situation, and that's why it's important that we also exercise and eat right. Okay. You mentioned, you know, there's a lot of information out there, and there is some false information going around. So how do how do perioperative nurses and perioperative professionals help combat that false information that's floating around? So uh, again, um, when you're hearing it from your friends, from your family, you know, ask them what that source was where they heard that from. So again, was it Facebook that somebody posted? Um, and again, what you want to do, uh, you know, as the general public, refer them to the CDC website where those guidance are. Um, you know, again, there's a specific section just for the public that, you know, isn't necessarily health healthcare professionals that maybe isn't, you know, use as many high medical terminology. With everything that's going on, are there any parting thoughts or, or one thing that anybody who's listening to this podcast you as an infection preventionist, you as a former OR nurse, you know, what what piece of advice do you have for people um, going through this out on the front lines of healthcare right now? Please know that ARN is with you. Our mission is to provide not only safe patient care for patients, but also to protect our members who are taking care of those patients. So please know that we will continue to provide and update our resources um, on our website and that we are available to answer your questions on consult line, which is Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 9 to 1 Mountain Time. Thank you again for joining us today. It's been my pleasure. For up-to-the-date and reliable information on the COVID-19 pandemic, visit aorn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll share this podcast with your colleagues, and we hope that you'll join us next time for Periop Talk.